Welcome to church tonight. Look at the person next to you. Tell them how good looking they are. Tell them how awesome they are. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to get into some praise and worship. So if you'd like to stand, you can come out of your seats if you like to into this beautiful space we have here. We decided to go back a couple of years too. So I hope you guys enjoy this first song. Yeah, let's go. Shake it 
we sing along Four years awesome I'm glad it's awesome You are You are faithful And you're able To do anything So I trust you Never doubt you Cause you hold me
sun. time of church tonight. It's great to be here. We'll give you a very warm welcome. Great to see you. If this is your first time at Activate, welcome. Church, can we put our hands together and welcome our visitors? Fantastic. We're going to take a few moments uh, after I've read the highlights to say hello to one another. That would be very cool. If you are visiting this evening and would like to find out more about Activate, as you go through the auditorium doors into the foyer after the gathering this evening, you'll see one of these white packs really encourage you to take one of those. There's details about the church, the opportunity for us to find out a little bit more about you if you fill in the details, and there's a free coffee card to enjoy at the Crossover Cafe in the morning. I know we're at the night time, but there you go, so that's very cool. Fantastic. Well, first of all, let's do our birthdays and anniversaries. Sue's had a birthday, wedding anniversary over the last week. If you want to come and join me at the front, no birthdays. Come on, come on, Kilman. <laughs> Who would like some chocolate? 
Why don't we throw some out, Monique? Oh, there we go, Leah. Let's do it again. Let's throw it all out. Let's have some fun. Okay. So we, well, before Kelvin goes, we're going to pray this wonderful blessing. So can I ask you to stand on your feet? That'd be really, really cool. And let's pray this blessing. You know, I love these blessings. They're not just a set of words to say, but they're invoking the blessing of God and really make a difference in the lives that we pray for. Isn't that true? So let's pray with our hearts filled with faith. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over Kelvin this year. Activate your love and goodness for each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Bless you, my friend. Very cool. Okay, a few highlights to share with you. Pastor Sharon and the team have arrived safely in India. They're having a great time, so continue to hold them in your prayers. That would be really, really good and really, really appreciated. Today is the last day for the Girls' Day Out early bird registration. So who wants to go to Girls' Day Out? Okay, it's going to be cool. I see those hands at the back. Owen and Muller, that's very, very good. Can I really encourage you, girls? It's going to be a fantastic time. If you're 13 or 113, sign up. It's going to be awesome. We have uh, Esther Greenwood from Auckland. She's going to be with us for that weekend on the 1st of April. So it's going to be a wonderful time. Fantastic. So on the 7th of March for our prayer gathering, normally we meet in the auditorium here. We're going to go over to ATC Ruakura. Won't that be good? We're going to pray there. That'll be fantastic. And on the 14th of uh, March, we will be gathering if Activate is your home for an info night. Find out what's happening in the church, what's coming up in the future. Always a great meeting. So Activate is your home. That's the place to be. And on Sunday, the 12th of March, we have DNA classes during the 10.30 gathering. So if you want to find out more about the church and its ministries and the connection with the Acts movement of New Zealand and what God is doing through it, come along during the 10.30 gathering on Sunday the 12th. So there we go, some good highlights. Yeah, so why don't we take a few moments to jump out of our chairs and say hello to one another, and then we'll be back into it, Ben. So yeah, let's say hello to one another. back into a time of worship. So I invite you guys to stand. Um, come and use the space here or you know wherever you feel comfortable and where you feel like you're going to be free most. We're starting off with Jesus at the centre. And I love this song so much because it always centres my focus straight back to Jesus. Admits the craziness of life or when I'm struggling 
when I sing these words, I always come back to the centre of it all, which is Jesus. And so um, I invite you guys, if, you're having a, if you've had a hard week, you're going through some struggles or simply you just want a renewing of God's presence to focus on Jesus and have Him at the centre of it. And it's, sometimes it's so easy to glorify other things, but tonight I just pray that Jesus would be the centre of your praise and your worship. So thank you, Lord, that you are the centre of it all, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that you're always walking with us. And I pray in this time that you'd remind us of what it's all about.
center of our church. Jesus, be the center of our church. Jesus, be the center of our church.
Señor. Father's arms are truly open wide. He's given us an invitation to come. If you have any need, be it healing, be it physical or emotional, maybe you're not quite happy where you are in your walk with God. The, the altar here is open. And so as we sing it through again, I just want to really encourage you to come and respond. And there'll be people here that'll be able to stand and pray with you, knowing that God is for us and He's with us. And he's promised never to leave us nor forsake us. And so maybe you feel a little bit disconnected with God. But I believe tonight he wants to show you that he's absolutely connected with you. So why don't we sing again? Feel free to come to the front. And one or two will join me as we pray together. Thank you, Jim. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was born with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are Oh, 
Father, we thank you for the privilege it is to come into your altar, Lord, embraced by your arms that are open wide, knowing that we're washed and forgiven by the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you for the awesome God you are, that there's no one like you. There is no one who can compare to the greatness of your love and the passion with which you care and love each one of us. Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. While we're in this atmosphere, I'm going to invite Kelvin to come here. He has a word to share, and that would be great. Thanks, Kelvin. I just got a feeling from the Holy Spirit. There's someone here tonight that's uh, got a broken heart from a broken relationship, and it's quite recent. Um, I believe God wants to heal your broken heart. So if you'd like to come for prayer, after the gathering, just come forward to Pastor Ray and uh, we'll pray, pray with you and pray for you. Awesome. Thank you, Kelvin. Isn't God good? He really, really is. God is good. He is so good. Thanks, band. You guys are awesome. Let's give it up for the band, church. Thank you so much. You may take a seat. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Pete. Pete's the leader of Young Adults at Activate, and he does an awesome job, and it's just great being on the team with Pete, and so he's going to come and share an inspiring word. So let's give it up for Pete. G'day. Hello. Can we have the house lights up? Please. Oh, all right. Who do I know? Who don't I know? If I don't know you, hey, I'm Peter. Hey, guys over there. Good to see a crew from Torima here tonight. Welcome. Yeah, woo. Woo, you guys. If you're... And uh, we've got some from Studville here as well. Yeah? No? Maybe? Okay, my bad, sorry. And um, if you're here from uni or uh, don't know you, hey, awesome. It's great to have you here. Hope you feel uh, super welcome here with us tonight. Um, welcome to the family. Anyone there? Oh, cool, cool. I, I just, how I, how I like to speak is with people like talking back to me because Nicole's good at it. Nicole's really good at it. It just means that I feel like people are still there. You know, because I'm a student um, and actually on Tuesdays now, I, I've got classes from 8 through to 7. So I know what it's like to be tired and, you know, you're just sort of just sitting there. I've got this advanced HR class, which is, you know, I'm sitting there and this person's reading from slides and I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I know we know the feeling, eh? If you're a student, you know the feeling. So all that saying, I like people talking back to me because I, <laughs> I know you're not asleep then. 
Cool. We've got four people, five people. Five people awake. Yeah. Hey, that's good. That's good. I'm happy with that. It's a new record. New record. <laughs> For the young adults here, uh, shout out. We've got Progressive Dinner coming up on the 17th of March. So Progressive Dinner, who was there last year? A few of us? Yeah. Was it good? We had an awesome time, we had about 50 people come and hang out, and in progressive dinners you go around three different locations having a meal, or a part of a meal at each one. So we've got one coming up in, what, three weeks? Um, so we'll be starting sign-ups, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, this must be so expensive. Three separate, you know, entree, main, and a dessert, well, it's only $7. Wow. Oh my. $7 for an experience? You're not just paying for food, you're paying for an experience. So can I encourage you to be there? We'll start sign-ups next week. Uh, but just come on. Come on to church for that. That's, that's, a, that's enough. It's a, it's a good reason. So I've that com- got that coming up. Tonight I've got a couple of things that I want to talk to us about. But I pray that 2017 for you is an incredible year for you and God. I pray that 2017 is a year that you go deeper in your relationship with God. It's a year where you... Uh, go through challenges, but as a result of that, your faith is stronger, that you're unshakable in your faith. Does anyone want that to be 2017 for them? You know, I'm believing for a people at Activate Church and the church in Hamilton, New Zealand, around the world, that 2017 will be a year set apart for us growing in God, that this year is going to be a year where we step up in who we are called to be, and we run the race, the good race, the good fight in God. Is it? Anyone up for that? Yep, yep, cool. We've got seven people now. We're good. Steamrolling. It's good. So there's two questions that I want to ask tonight. And they're relatively simple questions, but they're appropriate for this time of year. But the first question is, are you planted? And these probably won't make any sense. It's like, is this guy a gardener or something? Yes, actually, I did work for two weeks for the Hamilton Gardens. If you want to hire me, go for it. No, don't. It's not a good idea. But are you planted? And if so, are you planted to sow? Now, I'm going to be using gardening terms, and that's cool. You'll be right. We'll just, we'll get through, and we'll learn to love it by the end, but just bear with me. So there's this research that I was looking at, and it's by the Barna Research Group. Now, this is a research company in America uh, that generally does Christian statistics. So what they look at is different trends throughout America, and then they provide this information for national and international media outlets. So, there was a survey done in 2011 that asked this question, why do young adults leave the church? And young adults was a very usely used word. It actually was from 15 through to about 29, so that's youth, young adult age. But I was asking this question, why do young adults, or the question has been reframed in this day and age, why do millennials leave the church. And a five-year study, so this was five years, it wasn't just someone going out and asking a few people, five years of study concluded that, was concluded in 2011, um, and there were eight national studies within that, from the age 18 to 29. The study showed that three out of five Christians, or 59%, so I did maths at school, and that's a relatively high percentage, you know, it's above halfway, but 59% disconnect from church permanently or for a long time after the age of 15. Now, that was quite interesting. Does anyone else like, oh, okay, that's 
But in America, this is the stats, and generally they're similar here in New Zealand. But three out of five, 59%, disconnect from church permanently or for a long time after the age of 15. Now, David Kinnaman, who was the man who directed this research, he said, the reality of the dropout problem is not about a huge exodus of young people from the Christian faith. In fact, it is about the various ways that young people become disconnected in their spiritual journey. So it's not like a whole people, group of people say, cool, let's go off somewhere else. But it's this gradual disconnection from faith. So tonight I want to start by talking into this. Are you planted? Because I think this is a, a pretty good solution. So, what does planted mean? Any gardeners here? Avid gardens? No? Yes, one? Two? Three? Four? Oh, we're going good. What does planted mean? Well, when you're looking for the meaning of word, you go to the dictionary. Simple A. Put a seed, bulb, or plant in the ground so it can grow. The purpose of it is for growth. Wow, I know. My goodness, sometimes the dictionary just points out the obvious. And I'm the one who gets to interpret it. It's for growth. You're planted for growth. Simple as that. This isn't that hard, eh? I mean, it sounds like it's going to be difficult at the start. No, it's easy. Easy as to understand. But it's for growth. And the second definition that was given, set, to be set or placed in a particular position. So it's a stance that is taken. So planted in the ground for growth or a stance that is taken. So... As you do within a message, you uh, bring the Bible in because that's very important. I love that two people said, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good, I'm glad. <laughs> Everyone else was like, Bible, what's that? <laughs> Hold on, let me get off Facebook. In Psalm 92, 13, it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Now, note here, it doesn't say any particular church. It doesn't say, you must be at this church to flourish, but the house of the Lord will flourish. And let me break that down for you. Planted. We've talked about what it means to be planted, grounded in a place. And I love the fact that it doesn't say you might flourish, or you've got a 50% chance of flourishing. flourishing. I should have some water, shouldn't I? But it says you will flourish. That's a cool thought, that when you're planted in the house of the Lord, the only response is that you will flourish. You know, for me, that's an incredibly um, positive thing. When, I, when I'm looking at my church involvement, if I'm planted in the house of the Lord, I will flourish. And I'm going to get into these two different areas, um, what the house of the Lord means. But in the Old Testament, what did the house of the Lord mean? Temple. Ten points to Ray. In the New Testament, what did the house of the Lord mean? As well. The body, oh, Ray, you're on fire tonight. You're on fire. Someone get him a chocolate. Give the man a chocolate. But in the Old Testament, the house of the Lord was the temple, and we're translated these days to the church. But from the New Testament onwards, Jesus said, we are house of the Lord, body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 3.19, it says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Wow. We are the house of the Lord. So if we're talking externally, the temple, the church, it's not talking about a physical building, it's talking about the people. We are 
the church. We are Activate Family. We're part of the wider church, but we are the church. And there's a need to be planted. And, you know, something I get often is people say, well, the theme that comes through is, well, why should I do that? Because it doesn't benefit me. And it's a really interesting thought because it's a very consumeristic idea that church should be for my benefit. But as I started to look into this, planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. I actually started to understand that as you are planted, you may not feel awesome, but someone else benefits from what you bring. And as we all get planted in the church, other people around us begin to benefit and are lifted up and are encouraged by the gifts that we carry. So can I encourage you that it's not just for yourself, but the people around you that you need to get planted not just for you. And oftentimes, hey, I'm selfish too. I think of myself often. And that's just how I think. But when we get stuck in, when we get planted in the house of the Lord, it's for other people. Other people benefit. Other people grow. Other people are released into being who they are called to be in God. You with me? Point seven of 49. So what does this mean practically? Well, here at Activate Church, there's many opportunities to get planted. Uh, one way is get in an Activate group. We've got some awesome Activate groups here at church. Uh, serving's an awesome way. There's host teams, kids, creative, youth, intermediates, uh, production, many other areas that you can get involved in and serve, be part of. I know that tithing is an awesome way to be planted in a place because I'm investing. I'm giving something of myself, and you know we all like our, like our hard-earned money or some not so hard-earned, but... We all like, and when we invest it, we're giving something of ourselves, and it's a way of planting ourselves. But what I think is most important is a planting within our hearts, and that's taking a stance before God. And it's a stance of surrender. The most important thing is taking a stance of continual surrender before God. Setting a position. Remember what I said earlier? It's a setting of position or a particular stance that we take. In Hosea 10.12, it says, Plant the good seeds of righteousness, and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard grounds of your heart, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. And this reminds us that it is not a one-off, but it's a continual opportunity that we need to stay in this place of surrender before God, a a place of our our hearts being open and and, uh, able for God to speak in and encourage us and direct us and guide us in in what we're doing. And what does this look like practically? Well, we've got prayer and Bible reading. They're the two best places to start. I know personally for myself, when, when prayer and Bible reading aren't that flesh and we go through times where it's not that flesh, those are the times where I struggle, if I'm honest. When my prayer and Bible reading are sweet, when I feel like and know that I'm connecting with God on a regular basis, it's good. You know, because what happens is instead of talking about selfishness again, we get, we get focused on ourselves. And by praying and by reading the Bible, actually our perspective lifts to God. And when our perspective lifts, suddenly we're not so worried about what's going on in our world. And we're a little bit more concerned what God is doing and what he has for us. So can I encourage you around that? Prayer and Bible reading. You know, my desire is for us that 2017 is an incredible year for us and God. That you grow in God, that you do incredible things, that you're released into your gifts and the things that he's got for you. 
So the second question that I asked is, if you're planted, or planted, are you planted to sow? And here we go with gardening terms again, but planted to sow. If you plant something, you can, you can have two mindsets about it. There's the idea where something is buried, which, which means it is, you know, what is, what is something buried, what does that mean? It's dead. Just thrown out. If something is buried, it is put or hid underground, covered or concealed, put out of sight. So the thought that I get when something is buried is that there's no intention for it to grow. There's no life that is inspired from it. If something is buried, it's so it's not seen or not found. And if you think of a treasure chest, a pirate's not going to go, cool, I'm going to hide this in a space where people can see it, where people can find it. No, they hide it in a place that people won't be able to find it because they don't want it to be found because what they have is precious to them. Yet the idea behind sowing, which is very similar to planting for growth, the intention behind it is growth. So therefore, the placement, the place that you put it, there's care taken with that. So when you sow something, there's intention behind it. Our um, theme for this year is purposed. We are a purposed church. And this year, we're, we're, that, that's what we're doing. That's what, that's what we are. We are purposed in everything that we're doing. And I believe that we need to be purposed in 2017. We need to be purposed in what we're doing. And, well, I'll get to it in a minute. But when something is buried, it doesn't reach its potential. When you bury something, yeah, it can grow, but it won't reach its potential. But when something is sown with intention behind it and is nurtured, then it will reach its potential. So let's turn to Matthew 25, 14. For those without Bibles, it should be popping up. Oh, look at that. Magical, isn't it? So from the NIV, it says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Now just note that, each according to his ability. That's important. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag of gold went off, dug a hole, buried it, in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought five but the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Now, who'd think that in any context is like, sweet. You know, that's a good thing to be said to you, eh? Yeah, it's a good thing. You know, increased responsibility, uh, increased in what you have. There's an abundance there. From verse 22 it says, The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I, knew, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Now make note of this servant. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. 
So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For those who have will be given more and they will, not have an abund- and they will have an abundance. And for those who do not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I like that word, gnashing, gnashing. Does anyone else? I kind of think it's like, yeah. I don't know. Just it always cracks me up. And I think I was saying gnashing for ages. I think it's actually gnashing. So, sorry, that's food for thought. But this is a pretty cool parable that Jesus talks about. It's really cool. And as I've, as I've read it and as, as I've begun to understand it more, um, I'm really challenged by it, and I, I hope tonight that you are challenged by it too. So we've got three servants. One is given five bags, one is given two bags, and one is given one bag. So cool. The first two servants, they go out and they double their money, and there's the one servant who brings back the same. Now, just a show of hands, do you reckon the servant that brought back the same amount of gold, so it's not like he stole it and went off and did what he wanted, do you think he was a good servant? Yes. Yes, hands up. One. Okay, cool. Two, two, like kind of, mm, be bold, yes, yep, cool, no, who reckons no? Oh, okay, we've got a few more, oh, interesting, now I'm going to bring the mic in though, <laughs> everyone's going, <laughs> but what I want us to think about tonight, what talents, and and Jesus uses the, the words of gold bags or talents. But what things has God given you or deposited you with of value, of significant value that you could share with others? Think about it. What are the skills that you have? What is the position that you have within your work, within your social setting? What is your character like? What time do you have? What money do you have? What atmospheres do you carry? I remember when um, I was living in Christchurch, and this was just after the Christchurch earthquakes. Um, I was at a school called Papanui High School, um, for those who know Christchurch. <laughs> yeah, just, just Jan. Um, Um, but shout out to Crush It's Juicy. <laughs> um, but I was, I was in the music, I, pretty much what I did while I was there is I just played music because class was a bit boring. But it was good, it was really good. But I went and played music, which was just as productive. Um, and I was in the, I was in the music, music room one day, and the, the head of the um, music department at Papanui High School, while I was dropping off my saxophone, he said, Peter, there's, there's something about you that I just feel calm whenever you're around. And at the time, being an awkward teenager, you're like, um, all right? It's kind of weird that you're saying that to me, but cool. All right, sure. But, you know, reflecting on that, there's an atmosphere that we carry. And there's atmospheres that we can carry. And uh, when I walked in that situation, in a situation that was probably tense, that there was stress, I carried peace. And there was something that shifted as I walked in. And he felt that. He received that uh, when I was there. And, you know, we all have that opportunity to carry atmospheres wherever we go. You know, if we look in Ephesians, we, we see put on the full armour of God. You know, the sandals of peace, the gospel of peace, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shield of faith, helmet of salvation. You know, we carry atmospheres wherever we go. But 
What do you carry? What do you have? What are the talents? What are those things that God has given you, that God has deposited within you, that you're taking into the places that you're going that is bringing life and God's love to the people around you? Let's jump to verse 15. We're just going to roll through this. This was always quite interesting to me because it says, to one he gave five, to another two, and to another one. And then it says, each according to his ability. He didn't just say he dished out bags of gold to all who, who were around. No, he said he gave them according to their ability. And I think that's quite interesting because they were given according to their ability and their capacity, what they were able to do. They weren't given bags outside of what they were able. They were given what, they, what was achievable to them. And it was interesting that the master was away for a long time, so he didn't come back and micromanage what they were doing with the money. He didn't micromanage their wealth. And when we apply this to ourselves, it shows that what God has given you and what God has given each of us, he's given it within our ability and capacity. He hasn't given us more than we can achieve. He hasn't given us what's outside of our reach, but God has given us, what God has given us is for us and it's achievable through him. And as we see later down, as we use what he's given us, as we invest, as we sow what he's given us, and things uh, and, and a reward is returned, then more is given. But God gives to each of us what our capacity and ability is. He doesn't give us more than what we can handle, but God walks with us in everything. That's encouraging. You know, when I read that, I was like, that is really encouraging. Everything that's going on in my life, everything that's going on in your life, you're capable of it. You have the ability to get through it, to do it, to achieve it, and to do it well. It says it here in Scripture. You have the ability. Come on, does anyone receive that tonight? In verse 16 to 18, it goes on to say, Each of them went and put their money to work, apart from the one who had been given one bag. He dug a hole and hid his master's money. Now I asked that question, was he a good servant? And yeah, you could say, yeah. But considering what the scripture is telling us, the master knew his servants. He knew their abilities. He knew their capacity. He knew that, that what they were able to do. And in light of that, we look at this servant and we can say, actually, the master believed that this servant was able to make another bag of gold. And therefore, by taking it and bearing what he had, he didn't bring back. He didn't reap the return that was expected of him. Because these servants, they knew their master and they knew his expectation to reap a return. Each of these servants had the choice whether they buried or sowed what they have. And likewise in life, we have the choice to bury or sow what we have. We can bury the gifts, the talents, the, the things that God has placed on each of us. And you might be sitting there going, Peter, I have no idea what you're on about. I have no idea what God has placed within me. Well, it'd be good to figure it out. Spend some time in prayer. Begin to think about that because there are things that each of us have that God has given us that I was saying is beneficial to people around us, church, people who don't know Christ. But each of them had the opportunity to bury or sow. 
In verse 24 and 25, we find out why the third servant buried what he had. At the start of verse 25, it says, So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. He was afraid. And, you know, I think that so often fear, especially uh, from ourselves, fear and self-doubt, we allow it to creep in and hinder and limit us from stepping into what God has given us and said, yep, you can do, you can do that, and you should go ahead with that. We allow fear to get in. We allow the self-doubt to get in. And it actually hamstrings us and trips us up and doesn't allow us to step into all that God has got for us. You know, so I want to encourage you tonight that as you step into what God has given, you are able. God has given you everything that you need. I want to encourage you in that. And don't let fear and self-doubt, self-doubt seep in. In John 10, 10, Jesus talks about the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and life abundantly. You know, Jesus didn't come so that we could fail. He came that we'd have life and life abundantly. That doesn't mean that life is a bed of roses. But life and life abundantly. So a question to yourself, where have you let things creep in? Self-doubt, fear in your own life that is limiting you or hindering you from stepping into the fullness or revealing what God has given you, entrusted to you, to other people. And we see from verse 20 through to 30, the master saying, well done, good and faithful servant, to two of them who reaped a return. But to the one who didn't, who said, here is what belongs to you, he said, well, what good is that to me? I gave it to you for a purpose, for a reason, to bring about something else, to bring something else, to reap a return. And likewise, God has entrusted us to reap a return. He's entrusted these gifts, these things to reap a return. Not just to hold on to and get through life and go, cool, I did it, I made it. No. And there's a warning in the text that God expects a return from us. That he expects us to use what he's given us. You with me? So we have the choice whether we bury or sow. You know, I want to encourage us that 2017 would be a year that we sow. It's not a year that we bury what we've been given, but a year that we use it and use it for God's glory so that he would be the one that is glorified. Yeah? So the question is, will you bury or sow? It's not about me, but it's about you and yourself. And it's the decision that we make in ourselves. What will you do? And I'm just going to give you a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, to have a think. What are those things? What are the strengths? What are the um, skills? What are the uh, things that God has given you, that God has placed around you? And it may be something as simple as, oh, people, people are happy when I'm around them. People are happy. Cool. Roll with that. That's something that God has placed on your life, infectious joy. You know, how are you going to bring that into situations that people are hurting, people are broken? How are you going to bring that light and that, uh, of, of God's love into those situations? might be your happiness. But for 30 seconds, why don't you think about something and just jot it down? 30 seconds. Have a think. What has God given me?
You know what? If you can't think of anything, all good. Think about it later. But can I encourage you to do something practical with that thought? When you think of something, what can you do with that? One practical thing to do this week. What has God given me? What can I do with that? What can I do with what God's given me? Because, you know, I believe that if we're people who are first planted in his church and then decide, make the choice to sow what has been given to us, this is going to be an incredible year. It's going to be an incredible year. It really is. And I want us to be on that journey together. So God has given you what you have because you have the ability and capacity for it. Will we be a people who take what we have been given and use it for his glory, or will we bury it? I pray that throughout 2017 you would know the joy of the Father and that he is saying to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Could I have the band back up, please? You know, that is my prayer, that you know that smile of the Father, that he is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You're using what I have given you. You're using what I have given you. And you're reaping a return. You know, who wants, who wants that to be said to them? To know that smile of the Father that is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. I want God to be saying that to me. I want to be using what God has placed on my life for his glory. And can I encourage you that in 2017, you do too so that we all may stand and know that God is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Cool? Planted, planted to sow. Awesome. Amen. Great stuff, Pete. Planted to sow. Planted to grow. Wow. Very good. Hasn't that been great? Really, really cool. Thanks, Pete. Good stuff. Great stuff. So a couple of things to uh, bring to our attention before we go. Um, if you're a visitor tonight, I trust you've got one of these packs there. Owen, can you give me a wave? If everybody can turn around and see Owen. If you don't have a pack, just call up to Owen. He'd love to give you one. If you want to leave some of your details, we'd love to help you with that. So that would be very, very cool. Are young adults going out anywhere this evening, Pete? Maybe next weekend? Okay, after the gathering then, that would be cool. Uh, if Activate is your home, and, and this is not for visitors, but if Activate is your home, then we have our giving stations in both foyers and pray that you'll be purposed in your giving, and thank you for that. And if you have any need for prayer, maybe something better is touched on, then we invite you to come forward and we'd love to pray with you. So isn't that cool? Very, very good. Do you know what? You're a pretty good looking bunch. Yeah, you're pretty good, you're pretty good looking. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah. Well, do you think I'm good looking too, Reese? Do you think I'm all? Yeah, okay. I just needed to be in with the group thing, you know, I don't want to be left out of that. That wouldn't be good, would it? No, it just wouldn't be good. So we're all good-looking people. I feel better already with that. And uh, God thinks you're good-looking too. And he goes, well, these are a pretty amazing group of people. So why don't we jump to our feet? And uh, let's end on a song. Um, 
as we conclude. And if you do have a need for prayer, please come forward. I know Pete and myself and others would love to pray with you. So thanks, team. Away.